This episode is brought to you by Snapple. Want to know another Snapple fact? The first hot air balloon passengers were a sheep, a duck, and a rooster. Ridiculous. Check out Snapple.com to find ridiculously flavored Snapple near you. This is the worst interpretation of Revelation I have ever heard in my life. And I've been around 62 years. I've been a Christian for over 40. You are insane. Well, so are you. (laughs) I'm glad you are. You, you, You put together innovation, and it's fun. And I'm glad you're doing what you're doing. And yeah, I'm sure we will, Michael. End of days. The freedom of speech is being taken away. brand new day all the way from the wastelands of california my name is michael and i look forward to once again serve you those sounds of salvation first time listeners turn on tune in and drop out this is a very different kind of show a place where we don't feel so alone let us chase away the light no matter what you at home choose to believe i do admire you for your curiosity joining me tonight is yet again another veteran of the program Mr. James Fetzer has drawn assignment tonight, boys and girls, on this very special edition of the Michael Deacon program. Now let's bring him in. Jim, I could hear you typing away. <laughs> How are you? Michael, when you're as busy as I am, you can't let a minute go by. And if I'm not multitasking, I'm falling behind. No problem, no problem. I'm glad you're here. It's always a complete honor, an absolute honor and privilege to speak to you, sir. And this is the first time I'm actually watching you in real time. Well, it's my pleasure, Michael. I really like you as a host, and I have enjoyed every show we've done, and there's so much going on. I'm glad to have the opportunity to discuss it with you and your audience. Very nice, very nice. And I expect this to yet uh, yet again be one of these classic shows that we have on Jim, where it's just complete improv. We don't know what's going to happen. I don't know what to expect. But Jim, I'm very excited that you're here. There's so much to get into here tonight. We have audio to go into, and we also have the latest scare going on, the virus out there in in China. Yeah, the virus uh, may or may not be uh, contrived. Uh, turns out there are patents for this specific virus. There are multiple reports. The most serious assessment of the situation appears to me to be that they're trying to use this scare to promote mass vaccinations, where the vaccination will come in three varieties. Red, you're vaccinated, you're dead within 24 hours. Orange, Well, you're going to linger a while, but your life expectancy has been dramatically shortened. And then green, persons are going to be allowed to go on about their lives because they pose no problems for the state. They're basically asleep, accept whatever they're told and don't question it. The red, of course, are for the troublemakers, people like me, even you, Michael, for featuring me and for expressing your independent opinion. Uh, Wolfgang Halbig, uh, you know, uh, uh, James Tracy and a host of others. 
but the orange are interesting. Those are going to be for the physically disabled, mentally handicapped people who are viewed by the deep state as dregs on society as what useless eaters, I think, in the phrase of Henry Kissinger, who may have been responsible for as many deaths as Joseph Stalin or Mao Zedong. I mean, this guy is right. still exerting his malevolent influence on American society, sad to say. Yes, sir. And for those that aren't aware, we are talking about the coronavirus out there in Wuhan. And my God, is this something we should be scared of, Jim, in your opinion? Well, I've just published a blog about it from State of the Nation, so I can go to jamesfetzer.org and check it out. Uh, it, it's apparently a very nasty uh, virus, but the fact of the matter is that uh, it's being used, I think, to marshal a justification for this mass vaccine. So it's actually the cure that, from the point of view of the deep state, is the real solution to the problem of weeding the herd so that those who the deep state prefers not be around for either political or uh, economic reasons uh, won't be around. It may be this is part of what's behind the Deagle.com projection that U.S. population in the next five years is going to go from 330 million today to less, less than 100 million just five years hence. In fact, uh, it's very, very troubling. Deagle has added a note to explain this phenomenal decimation of two-thirds plus of the American population, saying it's due to mass immigration, which is going to overwhelm the, the carrying capacity of our societal structure, where so many of these immigrants are being given free everything. It's part of the democratic agenda. I think they just have not ever bothered to think things through, Michael, because Trump's been 100% on the right about this. Tightening up immigration is indispensable. It really is a matter of national security. If Deagle will go so far as to project losing two-thirds of the American population because our economy is going to collapse under the weight of supporting this massive influx of illegal immigrants, and obviously Trump's on the right track. It's interesting, incidentally, in passing, that a recent poll showed that 34% of black likely voters are going to support Trump. And it has to do with two aspects. One, the, the economy doing so strongly and black unemployment down on the one hand, but on the other, because he wants to tighten up immigration because he sees these new immigrants who take the lowest paying jobs that have been indispensable to the black community elevating itself on the basis of its own labor and hard work. Definitely. And of course, speaking of which, Kobe Bryant, now gone. Well, this is a kind of a peculiar, I'm trying to, friends of mine and I are trying to sort out what's going on here. Uh, you know, from a political point of view, I mean, it, it, we, we have seen endless episodes in the past following the principle that if it bleed, it bleeds, it leads where information about some tragedy, it's in the past typically been fake shootings, takes out some significant issue that is before the public and distracts. We are wondering whether this could be such a case. It's a tragedy because Kobe was a terrific guy. He, his 13-year-old daughter was with him. Uh, she was a fantastic uh, basketball player. The initial report had five deaths. It was Kobe, his daughter, her teammate, and her teammate's mother, and the pilot. Let's see, is that Kobe, his daughter, her friend, her mother, and the pilot? That's five. But there's a later report that there may have been as many as nine, which I find rather troubling. I don't know, you know, the properties of Kobe. This was Kobe's personal helicopter that he used to fly back and forth from his home to the a Staples Stadium in Los Angeles where the Lakers played in the past and so forth. It's but, pretty surreal, to, to be honest with you. Since I'm out here in California, I still remember when he was first on the team. And yeah. It's, it's pretty surreal waking up to that and finding out that he's gone. And I'm not even a big, um, not a big basketball fan whatsoever, yeah. to be honest with you, but I well, knew he was a, a super guy. Sure, I mean, he was a terrific sure. human being. Actually, he went directly from high school to the NBA as has been the case with uh, our, our latest uh, superstar, who are now playing for the Lakers, too. So that, uh, you know, it does happen rarely. He had a phenomenal ability to put that round ball in the basket. 
and he was actually quite a considerable humanitarian as well. So I think it's had multiple impacts. Now, the problem with whether this was an accident or by design, of course, has to do with the politics of the situation. I mean, we're in the midst of the impeachment hearing. The Democrats completed their very contrived, I'll say a lot about it, but, but they, 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 they completed their prosecution case on Friday. Uh, the defense uh, counsel took just a couple hours on Saturday to explain why the Democrats' case really didn't satisfy the conditions for impeachment. And I don't know. I mean, was there enough there to want to distract the public from the latest being the, the, the Republicans, the GOP defense? It's going to get much more serious on Monday including, I'm quite confident, showing a video of a few years back where Joe Biden was at the Council on Foreign Relations boasting about how while he was in Ukraine, you know, six hours before he had to catch his flight, he called the government and threatened to withhold a billion dollars in U.S. foreign aid if they did not fire a prosecutor who was looking into Burisma, where his son Hunter was on the board of directors for a handsome salary, minimally 50000 a month for when he had no competence. Turns out John Kerry's son, also on the board. I've heard a rumor, Nancy Pelosi's also on the board. And, and he turns the camera and says, son of a bitch, they did it. He gave <laughs> the six hours, they did it. Well, well, that's exactly the quid pro quo kind of behavior that Trump was accused of, but of which he was not guilty. It's fascinating that right now in Times Square, there's a giant billboard that's showing this uh, Joe Biden. Basically, it's a it's a confession when you understand the elements of what's going on here uh, 24-7. Well, most certainly they're going to play it on Monday. And I think the whole world, uh, you know, meaning all those who've been in a state of uh, mass illusion about this are going to have a, a nasty jolt of reality because the guy who perform the inexcusable quid pro quo to benefit himself really even more venal than his party, his own family, and his son, is Joe Biden, not, not Donald Trump. Now, let me hasten to say that while I believe Trump has done a lot of good right. in the country and that this impeachment is a farce, and I can go into that in great detail, I do believe he has committed impeachable acts. Uh, the the assassination of uh, Qasem Soleimani, for example, in Iraq. It was a violation of Iraqi sovereignty. He was there on a peace mission. He'd been uh, invited uh, by the prime minister of Iraq to work out a better relation between the Saudis and the Iranians at the suggestion of Donald Trump and Mike Pompeo, our secretary of state. This is outrageous. It was an act of war. And what uh, Americans don't really seem to grasp is that under the United Nations Charter, one nation is allowed to launch a preemptive attack upon another. We're taking out Iran's leading general. The guy was a complete genius. He'd been building up the Quds Force for about 30 years. He was an expert in counterterrorism. He was managing all the operation of these disparate elements in Lebanon, in Syria, in Iraq, and so forth to defeat ISIS. Which, in case you missed the memo the United States created in 2012, it was a brainchild of John Brennan, then director of the CIA, Hillary Clinton, then Secretary of State, and Barack Obama, then President of the United States, where Michael Flynn was at the time the, the, the uh, director of the Defense Intelligence Agency, protested that it was a bad idea to create a terrorist army, but they wanted it to bring pressure on the Assad government and eventually the Persian nation of Iran. Uh, 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 Soleimani actually was defeating, wiping out ISIS. It was a cover story we had. We were there to wipe out As I ISIS. We weren't doing that. We were taking out the infrastructure of Syria. We were supporting the bad guys there. Well, we're not the good guys in the Middle East. And that Donald Trump should assassinate the leading general in violation of the UN Charter, which specifies one nation may make a preemptive attack against another only under two circumstances. First, with the approval of the UN Security Council, which obviously did not obtain here, or if there were an imminent threat that required an immediate response. Well, Soleimani didn't represent any imminent threat. We've even heard now reports that Trump had actually authorized his assassination six or seven months earlier. Well, 
he was authorizing an assassination and it, 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 nothing had happened for six or seven months. Obviously, there wasn't anything imminent about it. So this is why, however, you're getting a cock and bull story about him representing this threat when he did not represent such a threat. And it, 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 it's very unfortunate. I, I am personally convinced that what happened is the following that the Israelis who feared Soleimani had targeted him, that Bibi called Trump and told him that there was an opportunity for him to position himself for a triumphal re-election by taking out the greatest terrorist in the Middle East, which doesn't fit Soleimani at all, but in the eyes of Israel is a convenient designation, just as Barack Obama positioned himself for a triumphal re-election by taking out Osama bin Laden in the raid of Pakistan. Where, however, many know that was completely fake because Osama had died a, a decade earlier on the 15th of December 2001 of his many medical maladies. He was married in an unmarked grave in Afghanistan in accordance with Muslim tradition. There were local obituaries. Both CNN and Fox News reported on the 26th of December 2001 that Osama bin Laden was dead. That's true. And to tag on to that really quickly here, Jim, yeah, that, that yeah. article you could still find on their website and has not been removed. Yeah, that's right. That's right. That's right. Uh, not only that, but Osama was our man in Afghanistan. He was instrumental in getting Stinger missiles into the hands of the Mujahideen, which used them to shoot down Soviet helicopters and planes and drove them out of Afghanistan. He actually was an officer in the CIA. Colonel Tim Osmond was his name. And he was visited in a hospital in Dubai shortly before his death from his various medical maladies. It's tough getting a dialysis machine in and out of those caves in Afghanistan by an official for the CIA. So Everything we heard about Osama was poppycock and rubbish, but I believe that Mimi used this to inspire Trump to commit a war crime, a violation of international law and the Geneva Conventions. But over and beyond that act, it was a solitary act involving the death of one man, though it was a war crime and, in my judgment, an impeachable offense for the following reason. We're bound to international law in the United Nations and the Geneva Convention by treaties, which under the Constitution have the same status under law as the Constitution itself. That means he was committing violations of the Constitution that are clearly criminal acts for which he could, and in my opinion, should be impeached. In addition, he has these massive sanctions on Iran, which is a form of collective punishment also proscribed by international law, by the Geneva Conventions and by the UN Charter, where previous sanctions on Iraq led to the death of 500,000 Iraqi infants. I mean, it was a monstrous crime. So what Trump is doing here and being the biggest bully on the block is also an impeachable offense. And although I have supported him That's true. right up to that point where he took out Soleimani, I'm, I'm horrified by what he's done here. We have lost any vestiges of moral authority, not only in the Middle East, but around the world. Not only that, but he has set up, he set up... Uh, I just got an email that threw me off. That's okay. Uh, it, 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 it's, it, it's just shocking. He, he has done so many actions that have been so beneficial to Israel. He's now proposing a new peace plan. He says the Palestinians, you know, aren't going to like it, but it's going to be great for them. Well, I have profound doubts about that. He designated Jerusalem as the capital of Israel by moving the American embassy there when Jerusalem had to be the part of a settlement of the most complicated human rights issue of our time, the Israeli-Palestinian issue. He has said that the Golan Heights is a part of Israel when the Golan Heights is Israeli-occupied territory and where a recent discovery of a massive deposit of natural gas beneath the Golan Heights makes this a particularly unjust action on the part of Trump. He has unfunded the UN Re uh, Refugee Agency that has assisted Palestinians, which I regard as even sadistic. He has also made an executive order that expands the definition of anti-Semitism so that uh, even to include criticism of the actions of the government of Israel. Well, that's a violation of the First Amendment. 
That's a clear violation. He took an oath to preserve, protect, and defend the Constitution of the United States from all enemies, foreign and domestic. But the Democrats are, you know, just threw this whole thing away by these contrived claims. They had a whistleblower who wasn't a real whistleblower. They changed a the whistleblower form. So instead of having to have direct personal knowledge, you could base a complaint on rumors, speculation, hearsay, which is what happened here. This guy is a member of the National Security Council, was working at the White House. Uh, he also was a fan, a supporter of Joe Biden. So all of a sudden, lo and behold, we see what's going on. There's a yes. treaty between the United States and uh, in, in Ukraine for mutual assistance in criminal investigations. Burisma is notoriously complex. Investigating in Burisma was a perfectly appropriate request for the president to make of the United States to make to the president of Ukraine. It turns out that Although it may have led to information about Joe Biden that would be beneficial politically to Trump, that was not the primary motive. Moreover, the Federal Elections Commission has ruled that to qualify as something of value would make it some kind of campaign violation, election violation. It has to be monetary. It has to be money. Information does not qualify as something of value. So the whole case the Democrats have brought is completely contrived. Many critics are suggesting this is Russiagate 2.0 with complete justification. I've even published a book called uh, Exposing the Russia Hoax, which you can avail find available at Lulu and at other sources. It's a short book, but it'll give you an overview. It's 132 pages overview of what happened, the whole Russia hoax calamity, which came to a head uh, with the Mueller testimony in Congress, where he didn't know the contents of his own book, his own report, and where the whole thing simply fell apart because there had been no Russian hacking. And the fact that that this guy, Adam Schiff, is still talking about Russian interference in our election in 2016 when it's been established there was no Russian interference, to me, is uh, just monstrous. You know, it's, it's one hoax compounded by another, and I find the Democrats repulsive. They are discrediting themselves. And we do and have I audio, by down, the way. On, on this and other ground, Michael, they're going to go down hard in 2020, this year or later. They're going to pay for this. And, Jim, we have audio of... Mr. Schiff, I thought we could uh, play some of that for uh, for the audience here. Terrific, do that. Excellent. And uh, yeah, well, I'll stop in and I'll ask you some things here. Let's let's play the audio. Okay, he's guilty. Does he really need to be removed? Does he really need to be removed? We have an election coming up. Does he really need to be removed? He's guilty. You know, is there really any doubt about this? I mean, do we really have any doubt about the facts here? Does anybody really question whether the president is capable of what he's charged with? No one is really making the argument Donald Trump would never do such a thing. Because of course we know that he would, and of course we know that he did. It's a somewhat different question, though, to ask, okay, it's pretty obvious whether we can say it publicly or we can't say it publicly. We all know what we're dealing here with this president. But does he really need to be removed? And this is why he needs to be removed. Donald Trump chose Rudy Giuliani over his own intelligence agencies. He chose Rudy Giuliani over his own FBI director. He chose Rudy Giuliani over his own national security advisor. All right, I have to stop the audio there, Jim, and ask you, what are your thoughts and opinions on one Rudy Giuliani, the former mayor of America? Well, I'm not a big fan of Rudy Giuliani. I've who never been a fan. Complicit in 9/11, right. which happened to fall on the day of the mayoral elections in New York City, he thought he could use it to catapult himself to a third term. It didn't play out that way. But the fact that we had a uh, hundred and fifteen dump trucks lined up the day after 9/11 in order to remove the debris from Ground Zero when the fire experts were proclaiming it had to be investigated to determine exactly what had actually happened. And he went ahead and had it uh, all that, that material loaded away, not to mention what they were bringing in. Those 150 dump trucks were loaded with dirt because what we had going on at, 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 in New York City was an event like Chernobyl. It was a nuclear event at Chernobyl. Uh, the Soviets use uh, tons, thousands of tons of dirt to absorb radioactivity. The same thing happened in New York City. Those 115 dump trucks were bringing in tons of dirt so that actually the debris pile grew for the first couple of days to absorb the residual radioactive contamination. So 
I thought it was a stupid thing for Donald Trump to put Rudy Giuliani, who obviously has a big mouth. A lot of people don't like Rudy. So why, you know, have as your representative someone half the country holds in contempt? I thought that was a political pretty, mistake on his yeah, part. Yeah, that was not a good for, move, in my opinion, to bring in Rudy. He's capitalizing <laughs> on it, you see, by talking so much about Rudy. But that, that doesn't have anything to do with Trump's Very true. actions. And in fact, since it was no Russian hacking and Trump had had no collusion with Russia, the argument they make, which is probably an audio you're about to play, yes. that you have to take him out now because he's going to do again in 2020 what he did in uh, 2016 is just completely absurd, totally indefensible, no basis whatsoever. Let's let the audio roll again. When all of them were telling him this Ukraine 2016 stuff is kooky, crazy Russian propaganda. He chose not to believe them. He chose to believe Rudy Giuliani. That makes him dangerous to us, to our country. That was Donald Trump's choice. Now, why would Donald Trump believe a man like Rudy Giuliani over a man like Christopher Wray? Okay? Why would anyone in their right mind believe Rudy Giuliani over Christopher Wray? Because he wanted to and because what Rudy was offering him was something that would help him personally. And what Christopher Wray was offering him was merely the truth. What Christopher Wray was offering him was merely the information he needed to protect his country and its elections. But that's not good enough. What's in it for him? What's in it for Donald Trump? This is why he needs to be removed. Now, you may be asking, how much damage can he really do in the next several months until the election? A lot. A lot of damage. Now, we just saw last week report that... Pausing the audio one more time. You know, Jim, I got to be honest with you. When I first found out that our boy here, Mr. Donald J. Trump, was actually going to run for president, I didn't think he had a snowball chance in hell to actually be elected, but he pulled off the unthinkable, and now he pretty much has garnered my respect, to be honest with you, and just some things are kind of small that I dislike about him, but overall, I think he's a great president, probably one of the greatest presidents we've ever seen, uh, just his just his true uh, unforgiving moxie that this president has. We've never seen that before in any other president, Jim, and even before he ran, they were trying to get rid of him. I thought that was kind of uh, telling since the beginning. Michael, you're 100% correct. Yeah, he's been totally unorthodox, and the deep state can't control him, and that's why they're trying to get rid of him now. I believe that his promises to drain the swamp are actually being fulfilled, but there's a last-ditch effort to try to thwart him by booting him out of office, which really... I think was been undertaken not with any serious expectation he'll be removed from office, which would require 67 votes in the Senate, where the Republicans have a 53 to 47 majority. They've not even been able to win a single vote in relation to the procedures for impeachment. They've all been straight party line votes, and I expect that's going to continue next week. Uh, I mean, if they pick up one Republican, uh, maybe. I mean, Mitt Romney is, I, in my opinion, a never-Trumper who would be glad to vote against the president where Utah is uh, not a big Trump state so that he could, with, vulner uh, with invulnerability, get away with it. But what Adam Schiff is saying there is a disgrace because it's discounting the fact that the FBI and the Department of Justice have been undertaking to delegitimize Trump since before his election. And in fact, it turns out, you know, as we all know, the whole thing was predicated with a FISA court on the basis of the Steele dossier. It turns out now the chief judge of the FISA court has, is reviewing the four warrants that were the basis for all of the investigations, indictments, prosecutions of Paul Manafort, of Roger Stone, uh, uh, of, you know, uh, uh, any of the other players here. And it has already ruled that two of them, the third and the fourth, were invalid. They were substantiated by fabricated citations. In other words, they just made up evidence along the way where the Donald had excellent reasons not to believe the advice he was being given by the CIA, the FBI, uh, or the NSA. 
NSA. I mean, those are the big three agencies. They, they talk repeatedly about all 17 intel agencies, you know, concluding this or concluding that. Well, it's right. nonsense. There are 17 intel agencies, but it's the big three that make a difference here. And they have been feeding false information to the American people, but, you know, for a very long time. I mean, look at the lies that got us into the war in Iraq. In fact, everything in the Middle East, 9-11. That was all fabricated, brought to us by the CIA, the neocons and the Department of Defense, most of whom are dual U.S.-Israeli citizens and the most sought. The whole point of 9-11 was create a pretext for getting the United States to send forces into the Middle East to take out the modern Arab states that served as a counterbalance to Israel's domination of the entire region and eventually to confront the Persian nation of Iran. By the way, I just so said this Israel, last night. Israel wants to fight yes. these wars to the last drop of American blood. I just said this last night, by the way, Jim, with all the current conflict going on in the Middle East, it is very, very reminiscent of what was going on in 2003, as you alluded to early on in the program. It seems like we're back there again, making the same mistakes going into these uh, just worthless sort of um, tasks that America has to go through again. Yeah, yeah, I, 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 I agree. And, you know, Trump has a justifiable skepticism of the intelligence agencies who have been giving him false information to manipulate him. This was a principal reason, by the way, they had to remove Michael Flynn, who also, by the way, is going to be exonerated. All of these uh, proceedings based upon these uh, invalid warrants is known uh, under the law as the fruit of a poisonous tree, and none of it is sustainable. All these cases are going to be vacated. And they're going to be able to return to their normal life, having suffered all the torment, publicity, the harassment, the humiliation, the expense, the inconvenience they've had to endure up until this point in time. For Adam Schiff to allude to that monstrous uh, uh, abuse of position by the federal agencies as though Trump should have succumbed to their advice when he could tell they were lying to him, it just is, it, 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 it exemplifies the, the extent of the corruption of Adam Schiff, who has to be one of the most the deceitful, I, I, I'm convinced he's CIA, uh, you know, individuals to yeah. uh, hold a position where he could wreak this much damage on America. He's a terrible person. Jerry Nadler close behind. Uh, they're both, of course, they both happen to be Jewish. Whether they're also, you know, in effect, Mossad is a whole other question, but they represent Israeli influence, which appears to be conflicted about Trump. He's done all those things, but I think they don't have sufficient confidence in Trump to believe he's actually going to go all the way. Fairly incredible, given the enumeration of actions he's taken favorable to Israel that I've already provided here. Yes. And, and, you know, I can't wait to see what's going to be in this peace plan. It's interesting. And by the way, we have a um, a listener in the chat room, Mike Wick, I believe. Mike Wick 77. He said, needs Epstein lawyers, question mark. And yeah, he brings up a good point. I forgot all about uh, the uh, Trump's defense team, who is Ken Starr and Alan Dorschowitz, who you know very well who these two gentlemen are. Yeah, sure. Yeah, tied in with Epstein but, there, which is insane. Well, well, but here's the thing. Go you know, ahead. They're very good attorneys. Very true. I'm not going to Even, the, even dispute the, that. You know, the most miscreant uh, client deserves sure. a legal defense, sure. and obviously he could afford them. So you cannot judge an attorney by those you represent. I mean, good God, look at the problem I had here in right. my Sandy Hook lawsuit. I couldn't get anyone to represent me at all. Very they were true. horrified. Yeah. Anyone would challenge the official narrative of Sandy Hook. As I have been told. By the way, Jim, I, let me I, let me stomp you there really quickly. I were, if I were a child, Jim, Jim, I gotta, I gotta ask you this though, Jim, before we move on here. In terms of lawyers that you went through, how many of them were were there that you sort of pitched this to, and they just sort of turned you down? Oh, somewhere between thirty-five and fifty. Wow. Okay. Oh yeah, it's absurd. We were wow. doing mass mailings. The only one who called me back. Uh, who is representing me now, and it's very timely because he's an excellent appellate attorney, and it was after the summary judgment had been ruled against me in violation of the protocols, therefore, meaning the judge actually violated the law in rendering his ruling when the authenticity of the death certificate was in dispute, and where I, I had the testimony to document experts testifying that not only 
was the document that uh, I had called into question a fabrication, but three other versions of the death certificate that had also emerged during the case were also fabrications. I mean, under those conditions, you have to send the case to the jury for a trial. But in fact, he ruled in favor of the plaintiffs anyhow. So the, a primary aspect of my appeal is going to be the violation of the protocols for summary judgment. I mean, it's, it's so blatant. But the fact is, he was the only attorney who called me back. And it was after the summary judgment, and I continued. I noticed he was a First Amendment attorney. Uh, he actually represents the Freedom From Religion Foundation, which is based here in Madison, Wisconsin as well. And I called him and left a message that this was a classic slap suit, which is a strategic lawsuit against public participation, which is illegal in 27 states, where you sue a, a, a party not on a bona fide basis, but because you want to punish them for having spoken out, in this instance, calling into question the Sandy Hook narrative, and uh, drag them into court, uh, you know, punish them uh, by a long drawn out lawsuit at great expense. I mean, what could be more stunning than a $450,000 judgment against me? Right. And set an example for others. As I say, this is illegal in 27 states, but not in Wisconsin. So, you know, I, I was grateful to secure his services. I'm real happy with him, and I expect our appeal is going to be very strong. Nice. Okay. And, and that the, the summary judgment will be reversed, and I'll have the opportunity to have my trial. I mean, Michael, uh, I had explained in my answer to the complaint that I had two lines of defense I was going to advance first. That there was massive evidence that Sandy Hook had not been a bona fide shooting incident, that the school had been closed by 2008, that there were no students there, that it was a FEMA exercise involving children presented as mass murder to promote gun control. And second of all, that there were specific features of this particular death certificate that substantiated its status as a fabrication, the judge wouldn't even allow me to pursue the first. So I wasn't allowed to give the defense I sought to give. He ruled it out. Terrible. And I see. Remarkably enough, in his final statements in rejecting my attorney's four motions for reconsideration, any one of which would have led to my being granted the trial that I was denied by overruling the summary judgment, he actually wrote an answer that assumed Sandy Hook had been authentic. I mean, he just took for granted about uh, every aspect of Sandy Hook. I was astonished when I read it because he had not allowed me to pursue it. He said specifically, we're not going to decide whether Sandy Hook was real or not. He didn't care if it was real or not. He didn't even care where this young man had died or not. He only cared if the death certificate was authentic. So, you know. It's really extraordinary. Yes, and we, we, are, we are have so much to get into here, Jim. I did want to ask you about that, and we also have to get into the Ryan Lanza and Adam Lanza, this article you posted here. But before we do, uh, there's still a few more things I want to ask you about. And, of course, we still got the audio to continue with, Jim. Yeah, go for it. My goodness. My goodness, Jim. Let's play that audio. Russia tried to hack or maybe did hack Burisma. Okay, I don't know if they got in. I'm trying to find out. My colleagues are on the Intel Committee, House and Senate, we're trying to find out, did the Russians get in? What are the Russian plans and intentions? Well, let's say they got in. And let's say they start dumping documents to interfere in the next election. Let's say they start dumping some real things they hacked from Burisma. Let's say they start dumping some fake things they didn't hack from Burisma, but they want you to believe they did. Let's say they start blatantly interfering in our election again to help Donald Trump. Can you have the least bit of confidence that Donald Trump will stand up to them and protect our national interest over his own personal interest? You know you can't, which makes him dangerous to this country. You know you can't. You know you can't count on him. None of us can. None of us can. What happens if China got the message? Now, you can say, well, he's just joking. Of course, he didn't really mean China should investigate the Bidens. You know that's no joke. Now, maybe you could have argued three years ago when he said, hey, Russia, if you're listening, hack Hillary's emails. Maybe you could give him a freebie and say he was joking. But now we know better. Hours after he did that, Russia did, in fact, try to hack Hillary's emails. There's no mulligan here when it comes to our national security. So what if China does? 
overtly or covertly start to help the Trump campaign? You think he's going to call him out on it? Or you think he's going to give him a better trade deal on it? Can any of us really have the confidence that Donald Trump will put his personal interests ahead of the national interest? Is there really any evidence in this presidency that should give us the ironclad confidence that he would do so? You know you can't count on him to do that. That's the sad truth. You know you can't count on him to do that. The American people deserve a president they can count on to put their interest first. To put their interest first. Colonel Vindman said, here right matters. Here right matters. Well, let me tell you something. If right doesn't matter, if right doesn't matter, it doesn't matter how good the Constitution is. It doesn't matter how brilliant the framers were. It doesn't matter how good or bad our advocacy in this trial is. It doesn't matter how well-written the oath of impartiality is. If right doesn't matter, we're lost. If the truth doesn't matter, we're lost. Framers couldn't protect us from ourselves if right and truth don't matter. And you know that what he did was not right. You know, that's what they do in the old country that Colonel Vindman's father came from, or the old country that my great-grandfather came from, or the old countries that your ancestors came from, or maybe you came from. But here, right is supposed to matter. It's what's made us the greatest nation on earth. No constitution can protect us. Right doesn't matter anymore. And you know you can't trust this president to do what's right for this country. Pausing it there, Jim. He can't do anything then, apparently. Well, well, look, look, look how ironic it is. He's saying Trump isn't putting America first. But that's why he was elected. He was putting America first. He was going to get us out of the Middle East and the wars. I mean, you know, this is just hypocritical in the extreme. He's also saying we can't count on him not using Russia or Ukraine to, to manipulate the election in 2020 because he did it in 2016 when he didn't do it in 2016. So the whole case is a fabrication, a tissue of lies, and it's provable that this execrable individual was in the position to make this statement to the nation from the Senate is a disgrace. He does not belong in Congress whatsoever. He's a phony, a liar, a fraud, and a traitor because he's subverting the Constitution of the United States. I'm talking Adam Schiff. I'm not talking Donald Trump. Right. I've already explained that there are legitimate reasons that could be raised to question whether Trump might not deserve uh, I impeachment based upon the violations of international law, the Geneva Conventions and the UN Charter, to which we are bound by treaty, making them as legal uh, uh, agreements as the Constitution itself. But here he's just going on with one fantasy after another, you know, presented as though we're authoritative. It's a disgrace. It's a disgrace. The public is being conned here. And it's very important that the public should not be taken in. Almost done here with the clip. Let's play the rest. You can trust he will do what's right for Donald Trump. He'll do it now. He's done it before. He'll do it for the next several months. He'll do it in the election if he's allowed to. This is why if you find him guilty, you must find that he should be removed. Because right matters. Because right matters. And the truth matters. Otherwise, we are lost. And well, we these guys are the world's greatest hypocrites. I mean, uh, uh, Trump's not going to lose. But when you have, as I may have already mentioned, you know, 34% of black likely voters saying they're going to support Trump because he's shutting down immigration and, the, and, the, and their unemployment is way down. Their employment is way up. You've got the surging economy. You've got record home starts in December. You've got 83% of American farmers supporting Donald Trump, 83% of American farmers. They, they just can't touch him. They have nobody who's a viable candidate. So they had to follow uh, Al Green's observation. If, if we don't impeach this guy, he will get reelected, to which I say, even though they've impeached this guy, he will still get reelected. But it's not that he's without flaws. I, I say his policies in the Middle East are very un-American. They're, they're uh, very much 
dominated by Zionist interests and are virtually, in my opinion, dictated by Bibi Netanyahu. That's what uh, JJG said in the chat room, by the way. He said, Israel first. Israel first. Right, right, right. That's right. That's right. And, oh my and goodness. you know, we've had a problem with Israel forever because, as uh, Cynthia McKinney explained years ago, when, you know, new candidates come to Congress, they're asked to sign a pledge to put the interests of Israel ahead of that of the United States. And those who don't find next time around they're confronted by a well-financed alternative candidate, or even if a census has occurred that their district's been redrawn and they no longer have a seat where Cynthia herself was able to overcome those obstacles and serve six or eight terms in the House. I admire her greatly. Me too. But even as notable a figure as Dennis Kucinich, whom I regarded as at the time as the smartest member of Congress, had his district redrawn and lost his seat. By the way, I, I have a friend with whom I do the new JFK show, Jerry, oh, yes. Gary King, who mm-hmm. uh, a, a couple of years ago asked me, did I know how many members of the present Congress had not signed the pledge? And I said, I admitted I did not know. And he raised up one finger of one hand. There was only one member of the then U.S. Congress that had not signed the pledge. That means we have a real problem, a real problem, because we're talking about the United States of Israel. So, you know, this is why I would even ponder Bernie Sanders. He's got a, he's got the foreign policy that overlapped with Trump. I think at the DNC, it allowed him to be the candidate instead of sabotaging his campaign. Where Debbie Wasserman Schultz transferred 13 primaries, Bernie had won to Hillary's column to guarantee she'd be the nominee. He would be president today because his domestic, his, his foreign policy is the same as Trump's and his domestic is far more appealing to most Americans. Trump, I do think, has done a lot of good for the country. I did vote for the man. I'm just troubled now by the extent to which he's carrying out the desires and aspirations of Bibi Netanyahu rather than putting America first. That's the problem with Trump. Right. And what do you make of the other headlines going on in regards to Mary Yovanovitch about Trump demanding to get rid of her? He's got the right to to fire ambassadors. I don't have audio of that. I wish I did, though. It's another tempest in a teapot. Yeah, They're really like, trying to claim mm-hmm. that this other guy, I, I, you know, I don't know if they Photoshop, they can Photoshop videos these days, too. They can fake them, they, all this morphine technology. So uh, if Trump said he, he didn't know or didn't remember the guy, I believe he's being honest about it. The guy seems to be a mysterious figure sprung here at the last minute. It looks totally contrived to me. But he has the right to hire and fire ambassadors at will. He doesn't have sure. to give any explanation. This is part and parcel of the key flaw or one of the key flaws in the Democrats' arguments against it. Constitution gives the president of the United States the sole power to conduct American foreign policy. And those who are coming out and complaining about him during all the hearings, they were objecting to matters of policy not to violations of the law or the Constitution. These were differences in the conduct of foreign policy, which is not an impeachable offense. By the way, what do you make of Trump's spiritual advisor? That would be uh, Paula White, if I believe. I'm not sure if you are quite familiar with this um, lady here. Have you seen her? I mean, holy cow. I've seen a photo. I'm going to put it up right now in the chat room. There's a photograph I have here of Miss Paula White and her husband. And my goodness, does he ever look creepy? And I don't mean to judge him, but my God. I'm I'm pulling up photos now. I mean, look at him. So she's a blonde. She's She's the blonde. Fairly fetching looking. Let me see her husband. Look at him. He looks like a like a out of work magician. We're gonna see him at the strip in Las Vegas in no time. The MGM Grand. Yeah, I see him. I know. Yeah, <laughs> he has like a magician he looks look. Like, he looks like he could be a mobster. He looks really creepy though. Yeah, I agree. I agree. No, I never even heard of Paula White until now. You mentioned she's kind of crazy, Jim, and I'm just kind of um wondering why he went all all out with the spiritual advisors because he's trying to pander to the that the Christian audience out there. Yeah, well, they, these are the uh, Christian Zionists uh, who uh, you know have been a very important part of his uh, base. Uh, but but look, uh, yes, Trump Trump has the support of like. 90% of Republicans. You're not going to find anyone else running as an alternative. I mean, if they do, it's going to be trivial and insignificant. He's got a lock. 
He's not going to have to waste time on primaries. He's he's a genius at campaigns. He knows how to use the media. We probably never had a, a president, with the exception of Ronald Reagan, who is a master of the television medium. And frankly, I think Trump makes Reagan look like an amateur. No one knew the, the president was going to be using Twitter, of all things. It's kind no, of insane, right? Completely brilliant. <laughs> I do like it, though. It's amusing. Yeah, well, uh, you know, you, 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 uh, the American public has a very modest attention span. So right, Twitter right. fits. It's perfect. Era, uh, 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 Michael, because yeah. it's it, it short and sweet. That's true. And, you know, the Americans can understand. And he has a gift of making his thoughts accessible to the public. I, I got to say, in my opinion, Trump is a absolute genius uh, on the campaign trail. Do you Hillary think he's... In Square. She was yes. an unlikable person. She has a nasty history. She's corrupt as they come. She's involved in a mass number of scandals. She is deeply involved in pedophilia, sex trafficking, Amazing. scamming uh, other nations of their national wealth, uh, the slaughter of Libya, and, the, and the, the, the brutal torture and assassination of Muammar Gaddafi. I mean, the list, the list goes, on. goes on and on and on. Yeah, it's insane. Imagine if she was the president, and this is something I've been harping on this program here night after night. Is America actually ready for a female president? That's what I want to know, Jim. Your thoughts and opinions. Oh, yeah. If America's ready. A problem. And, 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 and uh, this is where Elizabeth Warren made up this claim that Bernie had told her that a woman couldn't be elected president. Bernie, the 20, for 20 years, has been saying a woman could be elected president. There's one woman running now that I think has the qualification to be president, and that is Tulsi Gabbard. Now, because she's a non-interventionist, a real non-interventionist, uh, she has the right foreign policy. She's a very serious person. She has military experience. Uh, the Democrats shun her because she is a threat to the conventional Democrats, even the progressives, though. If Bernie got the ticket, if he were smart and savvy enough and ran with Tulsi Gabbard, I don't think they could be beat even. I think they'd even give Trump a, a run for his money. My goodness. And before I forget, Jim, this is something that I always want to mention on my program is the fact that you actually are a host in your own right. And you do a pretty goddamn good job of being a host in your own right, my friend. You do a great job. No. And you were just doing a show before you got on here. And Jim, I got to say, I heard your interview with Dr. Horton uh, about the 5G network. Uh, it's supposed to be intended as a sort of directed energy weapon system is what she was relaying to you in, in that interview. Uh, your thoughts and opinions on the 5G network? Oh, I, I am a huge uh, fan of Dr. Horton. She uh, seems very smart. Well, she, she's a particle physicist from Oxford. Yeah. She has the highest qualifications for dealing with these issues. She's been subjected to years of torment with electromagnetic attacks on her person in her own residence in Switzerland. Now, she has been marshalling a legal attack that is very substantial. She's been acquiring affidavits from persons who have been targeted from all over the world. But she's dealing with a corrupt judicial system where they had a, a judge who appears to be, you know, in the UK version of the deep state there to, you know, rule against her. It was inexcusable. It was a violation of protocols in the UK, just as much as my judge violated the protocols for summary judgment right here in uh, Madison, Wisconsin. 5G is a killing field. I have done a lot of research on it. It is a major threat to humanity. When I recently discovered the Dingle.com website, which uh, projects the loss of two-thirds of the American population between now and 2025, my presumption was this would be largely brought about by 5G. They're claiming, in fact, it's because the mass immigration is going to cause our social structure to collapse. And we're going to lose two-thirds of our population. I mean, what a calamity, which is another reason why what Trump is doing to tighten up the borders and immigration is the right thing and why it is a bona fide issue of national security and why the Democrats, once again, are on the wrong side of the issue. They want open borders. They want to take our guns. This whole thing in Virginia is absolutely lunatic. It turns out that Michael Bloomberg is spending some of his $55 billions to buy 
state legislatures. He tried 16 states. He actually succeeded in 14 in Virginia. He's had these uh, anti-gun zealots elected. Well, Virginia is mostly a rural state, like 90% more of Virginia's rural counties, and they have taken a page out of the liberal playbook where we've had the declaration of cities in California to be uh, immigration sanctuaries where ICE can't enforce the law. Well, they've declared themselves to be Second Amendment sanctuary counties to uphold the law. And there's the difference. In Virginia, the Second Amendment sanctuary counties are wanting to uphold the Constitution and the law. In California, the immigration the sanctuary cities are trying to violate the Constitution and, and defeat the law. I mean, it's completely opposite. But these gun grabbers in Virginia, led by this Governor Northam, who's even advocated infanticide of he advocates killing babies after they are born, wow. which I, uh, yeah, I'm dumbfounded by this, but there's no question about it. Anyone who understands Roe v. Wade knows that the Supreme Court ruled the distinction between three different trimesters, that abortion during the first three months is permissible for any reason during the second trimester. Uh, the state had the right to regulate how it was done during the third trimester, only permissible to save the life or the health of the mother for any other purpose, such as because there's a birth defect or because there's uh, the wrong sex, for example, or what have you. An abortion, for those reasons, under Roe v. Wade is murder, much less the killing of a, of a, a born live baby. That's a bona fide baby. This Northam is such an extremist. He even advocates infanticide. I mean, it's just incredible. I myself very strongly support choice because right. it gives a woman the right to determine for herself in accordance with her circumstances, her family, her physician, her morals, and so forth, the rightness or wrongness of the, the disposition of her own body. It seems to me that's a very fundamental right, and it's democratic because it lets every woman decide for herself. No one is dictating what she does or does not do. The pro-life position on the contrary, requires women, even if they're carrying an unwanted fetus, to carry it to term. Now, we know slavery is immoral. If any action is immoral, the pro-life position turns women into reproductive slaves, even against their own will, involuntarily. They would be compelled by the state to carry to term an unwanted fetus, even if they have too many kids in their family, they don't have enough money, uh, they can't uh, maintain their job and continue to support the family if they have another child. I mean, the reasons are almost endless. There's a lot, yeah. Yeah, but leave it up to each individual woman yeah. in her circumstance. That I doesn't agree. force anyone to violate their personal beliefs. It just doesn't allow them to impose their beliefs on other women who don't share them. I agree. I am pro-choice. You're not going to get an argument argument from me with that at all. And by the way, special shout out to uh, Mr. Scott Henderson, who I believe is listening to this right now. I just interviewed him last night, by the way, about the Apollo uh, moon hoax, as we like to call it here. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. Oh, he's terrific. He's terrific. He's done a wonderful piece on the uh, spacesuits and how they couldn't yes. possibly have functioned in the vacuum uh, atmosphere of the moon that no astronaut wearing a spacesuit that NASA claims they were wearing could have survived on the moon. Very interesting yeah. stuff. Yeah. My favorite proof, by the way, is that Earth has uh, 55 times the mass of the moon. So that we have photographs that are purportedly taken from the moon of Earth, except that Earth looks the same size as the moon when viewed from Earth. And that's because they took photographs of the moon from Earth and photoshopped them to make the moon out to be Earth. But if we were actually making a photograph of Earth from the moon, it would dominate the entire visual field because it's huge in relation to the moon. I mean... That's the simplest proof we didn't go. Yeah, they say the original footage of the moonwalk is now gone. It's very much like the Jeffrey Epstein footage. Gone. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. You're right. It's ridiculous. You're right. Yeah, yeah. I, I've done a, any number of videos about the moon landing, elaborate hoax. I have a book about it, and I suppose we didn't go to the moon either, which also discusses the Paul Fall uh, exchange, the, the, the first uh, death of Saddam Hussein, the second death of Osama bin Laden, and a whole lot about uh, World War II and the Holocaust. If you wanted the best introduction, the best essays by the best experts on the Holocaust, get that book, which, of course, has been banned by Amazon. 
at the request of the Anti-Defamation League, which led Amazon to ban some 2,000 books because they discuss the Holocaust in a way that actually is critical and embraces the evidence and shows the official narrative cannot be sustained. My goodness. Now, Jim, I know we are sort of running out of time here. I don't want to take up too much of your time, but there was a few more names to go through, and one of them was John McCain and Meghan McCain. I had a couple of listeners wanting to know your opinion on both of these individuals, and now I am actually curious what you think of them. Well, I know a fair amount about John McCain. He was even photographed with al-Baghdadi, who was the head of ISIS. It was, uh, ISIS was often referred to in Washington as John McCain's army. Uh, McCain had a, a, a very checkered history. He was regarded as a rat, having turned on his fellow prisoners uh, in Hanoi when he was taken captive. He 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 did a, a pilot hot dog takeoff off of a carrier and turned on his afterburners prematurely and led to the death of, I don't know, 20 or 30 sailors. It was outrageous. He was an abomination, in my opinion. I have only contempt for John McCain. Now, Megan, I don't know enough about, but I get the impression that she's actually made some reasonable statements uh, when she's been on The View, for example, if my recollection serves, and that she may be not so bad, but, you know, I'm not a fan of her father. I'm, I'm open-minded about Megan. Understood, understood. Now, once again, Jim, I do want to thank you tremendously for being a part of the program yet again. And I must ask you this one last question, and it's kind of personal. How is the wife holding up with the lawsuit right now? Is she okay? She's proven very durable and resistant. Look, we've been married over 42 years, Michael. Any woman who could right, be married right. to me for 42 years is pretty <laughs> tough cookie, okay? Oh, I agree. So she's shown herself quite resilient, and she's been very good at managing finances because when you have a lawsuit hanging over your head, yes. there are all kinds of ways in which you could suffer financially if you don't handle it responsibly. And she's been wonderful, and I'm very appreciative. I'm so glad. I'm so glad to hear that. And another one, one last one. In terms of Cynthia McKinney, have you interviewed her yet, by the way, Jim? Well, I interviewed Cynthia a very long time ago. I would actually like to see a third-party movement Maybe uh, Jesse Ventura combined with Cynthia McKinney uh, no, because the, the Democrats have really destroyed themselves. And if Trump goes full Zionist, I think that the American people might like to have a president they believe actually would stand up for America, who better than Captain America, Jesse Ventura himself. Yeah. So I just want to toss that out. I think that would be rather sensational. So I say as a fallback, if Bernie got the nomination and ran with Tulsi Gabbard, I'm a huge fan of Tulsi, and I have a lot of respect for Bernie. He may very well survive, but there's been a massive effort to defeat him since he's been showing a surge where you had such absurdities as the New York Times giving a dual endorsement of Amy Klobuchar and, and Elizabeth Warren. Ridiculous. Neither of them is equal to the task. Elizabeth Warren has proven herself to be a complete and total fraud. You know, there's a reason why Trump refers to her as Pocahontas. <laughs> right. uh, and Kopachar has a checkered history which would emerge in spades if she actually were taken seriously. I don't expect either of them to survive. I think Bernie's going to do very well. I it think seems he's like probably going to take Iowa and he's probably going to take New Hampshire and, and maybe even Nevada and, and the, the DNC. See, the party wants to micromanage these things. They don't believe in democracy, which is why they wrongfully denied him the nomination in 2016, I think, to their eternal detriment by supporting, a, you know, making Hillary Clinton the artificial nominee. Let the people choose. For God's sake, we're the ones who are going to endure the consequences of our choices. The DNC isn't quite as corrupt as it was when it was run by Debbie Wasserman Schultz. Let them not repeat the mistakes of the past. I'm with you on that one. And Jim, before I let you go, I'm going to try to get Cynthia on your show or bring her on here and have you with me, Jim. Oh, I'm a huge fan of Cynthia. I'd love it. I'm going to try to get that going. And of course, Jim, any final parting words before I let you go? Please feel free to plug your your own radio show and where people can hear your show. Some people aren't even aware that you even do a show. Oh, my show's called The Raw Deal. It's got an odd schedule. It's Wednesday, Friday, and Sunday. You can listen to it by going to freedomslips.com, Studio A. 
from 6 to 8 p.m. Eastern, 5 to 7 Central, 3 to 5 Pacific. But let me more importantly plug my blog. We have a new development in relation to Sandy Hook. We're a third-generation Newtown parent. A woman by the name of Rebecca Carnes has had the revelation that Sandy Hook was a fraud. She's a former journalist. She has a lot of courage and integrity. If you go to my blog now, you'll see the first she has written about Sandy Hook, talking about how the identity of Adam Lanza was fabricated. This is a a new development, and I believe it could prove to be a major one because she has had a blog about Newtown that she has run for you know, many, many years. So she's well known in the community that somebody should speak out. It's just like the shooter in the church. When you have a single magnificent example, it can inspire others. So I think Rebecca's example here may inspire others as well. Check out my blog. You'll find my latest. I pick the best articles on various subjects. that They're not all written by me right. to share with the public. And there are many there on the impeachment, on the, this new virus, and now on Sandy Hook and assorted other issues. So go to jamesfetzer.org, jamesfetzer.org. I'm also on Twitter, by the way. I'm at Jim Fetzer. Very nice. And I, I do tweet my most important articles and stories at Jim Fetzer. The fellow inspired me to do it, and Jeff Hurd from uh, uh, Cleveland has asked me to be sure to mention my Twitter uh, account. So uh, at Jim Fetzer, you find, you know, you get a pretty good overview of what I'm doing there by way of at Jim Fetzer, too. Fantastic, Jim. Always a honor and pleasure to have you aboard here on the program, my friend. My great pleasure, Michael. I always enjoy it. We'll do it again. Talk to you soon, sir. You got it. All right. Good night. Bye. And there he goes, boys and girls. That was the one and only Jim Fetzer. My goodness, what a great guest and a great human being. Love talking to Jim. And of course, as we bring it home here tonight, I want to thank all of you in the chat room. Very nice to see all of you out there. And remember, you can get a hold of me during the program via Twitter at Michael Deacon. And of course, don't forget if you're a fan of this program and want to help fund this program, you can go to patreon.com forward slash Michael Deacon. And you will definitely find more content. Once again, I hope you enjoyed this program tonight. International listeners out there, thank you so much for your support as well. It's been a top talent show yet again. There's a lot more coming soon. Next week I return. I hope you return. And of course you can find this program on every popular podcast platform. Yes, ranging from iTunes, Stitcher. I don't even think we're on Stitcher anymore. But there's also CastBox, which I prefer. iTunes and CastBox is a pretty good option if you want to listen to this program. Take the show on the road with you. Definitely do that. Once again, if you want extra content, go to patreon.com forward slash Michael Deacon. And again, I hope you enjoyed the program. Stay safe, everyone, no matter where you are on this pale blue dot. With that said... The world is a mysterious place, and life itself is a mystery. Until next time, good night, everybody.